Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Oh, you gotta, you gotta be uh, pretty disciplined, and you know, in the rush lanes. But you know, saying that we're gonna keep him in the pocket all day is not realistic. I mean, we gotta do a great job, and if he gets out of the pocket, we've gotta do a great job of being on locking on our receivers. Um, <clears throat> you know. I can say we're going to keep him in the pocket all day, but I don't think that's truly going to happen. No, it won't. There he is, Mike Zimmer, talking about the the human joystick that they'll be facing on Sunday in Kyler Murray. So he's got a lot to worry about defensively. But this episode, and every Thursday, is going to focus on the state of the Vikings offense on Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, executive producer, Declan Goff. We're going to mix in guests throughout the season on Thursdays to talk about the Vikings offense and just get a feel for where it's at. If you guys are watching Purple Daily on the YouTube channel, thank you. Please click subscribe and go tell five Vikings fan friends that we we have a daily Vikings show. And if you're watching on a TCL TV, even better, because TCL, in addition to supporting us here, they're one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands, and they have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Before we get to this clip from Chuck Pagano, former Colts head coach Chuck Pagano, talking about the Zimmer Cousins relationship, Judd, how would you... What's like a uh, what's a word I guess that you would use to describe the current state of the Vikings offense? <clears throat> uh, fluid. How about that? I would call it a fluid because it's it's a work in progress right now. I mean, mm-hmm. you would hope it wouldn't be, but w- with an offensive line that has a ton of question marks, and I'm still not I'm not going to question like Dalvin Cook is good, Justin Jefferson is good, so it's not like oh it's a mess. That's not fair. I'd call it fluid. That would be a word. Yeah. Dex, what's a word you would use to describe the Vikings offense? Discombobulated. Discombobulated. Um, it's confusing. The, the definition of discombobulated is meaning to confuse, frustrate, and sound like something that's straight out of a cartoon. And that's what I feel like when I'm watching this Vikings offense sometimes. I can't understand if it's going to be fun and it's going to be a, 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 an entertaining show. And I can't understand sometimes if it's combating itself with how they want to approach it, if being a run-first offense or running four wide receiver sets or having Justin Jefferson and not taking the shots, I would say it's discombobulated. And I would use the word timid, and I understand why they're timid. You know, oh, the offensive line, this, <laughs> check down, you know, five-yard average. Well, but, and I actually have, we'll, we'll get to a quote from Kirk Cousins 
about the timid nature of the Vikings offense from week one. Um, but yeah, fluid, work in progress, discombobulated. They got to get this thing right pretty soon because their schedule gets a lot tougher. But let's let's let Chuck Pagano set the scene here. He was asked by Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee show about Zimmer and Cousins watching film together for the first time ever, like a week or a week and a half ago. And this was what Chuck Pagano had to say. I know this, that besides, uh, you know, the GM head coach relationship, the most important one, you always hear this, you've heard it a thousand times, a million times, is the relationship between the head coach and the quarterback. That is paramount. And so whether that's true or not, I find that hard to believe. Because I always tried to find the time, and, and we all follow Bill Belichick's model of, you know, he spent, you know, one day a week talking with Tom, watching the film, just given his perspective, you know, on the next opponent's defense, given his perspective on, okay, on third down, situational stuff, red area. This is – when we get in third and, and, and seven-plus – the guy you need to key on is, is the nickel. He's going to tell the tale of the tape. If he's down low and there's somebody backing him up, expect a nickel pressure. Okay, If he backs off early all right, and the safeties start to rotate over and he's got a little bit too much depth, expect four weak. So Bill set the model for, for all of us years and years ago. I tried to emulate that with Andrew in the quarterback room and go in there and share you know, the, the nuggets that I could share. Don't overwhelm him with it. Um, obviously – you know, because of what's transpired, you know, there was probably mass on in that meeting, I would hope. Yeah, you know, so. Zim probably had one on. I'm yeah. sure Kirk had a mask on yeah, so. um, with that whole, you know, deal that you talked about. We're not going to get into that. You know, we don't have enough time to talk about that. But that relationship is, is very, very important. First of all, football. football. Wow. Nickel, safety, underneath, over the top, rolling out. Football. Second, football. second of all, the most important thing there is, for those who don't know, Chuck Pagano, a career defensive coach. So it's a direct parallel. Hmm. This is not an offensive guy saying, I can't, you know, Mike, Mike should meet with his quarterback. This is a guy who's been a defensive coordinator, he's been a secondary coach. Like, if you go back and look at what Pagano has done coaching-wise, it very much follows what, what Zim has done. Yeah. So this is a direct correlation between a guy commenting in an area that he has knowledge to comment and he's right. Don't you, don't you watch that clip? Like I'll, I'll just give you my emotions watching that clip from, like you said, a defensive oriented head coach using his expertise about defense to help his quarterback, which is the whole reason why Kirk wanted to meet with Mike and the value that Mike can offer. It's like, it is indefensible that they don't meet weekly to tap into Mike's brain. And by the way, it's indefensible on the part of Mike Zimmer, just to, just to be clear. You know, yes, like, should should Kirk be initiating it probably earlier than year four? Yeah, but, like, your head coach should be scheduling and planning weekly sit-downs with the most important player on the roster. And even if Mike's not an offensive guru, he's a guru when it comes to beating defenses, I would think, right? This Hey, this is what, if, if I were coordinating here, Knowing the personnel that the Cardinals have, this is what I would be looking to do on third down and eight, on on second down and twelve, right? So Kirk, yeah. be looking for this, this, this. Like, wouldn't that be invaluable? A for Kirk to just expedite his learning. You're always learning as a quarterback, even if you're 33 years old. But B to build the relationship, which seems to be frayed at best between those two guys. 
I actually get mad listening to Chuck Pagano talk about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and Pagano's relationship with Andrew Luck. And it's like, gosh, isn't that just like a base level thing you should be doing as a head coach? The most important player on the team. I'm going to build a relationship with that guy, and I'm going to help that guy once a week with film study and just talking about situational football, right? Who are the most important people in the building period? Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, I would argue after that, it's probably between Brzezinski, because he's their cap guy and incredibly important, <laughs> and Kirk Cousins. But it's probably Kirk yeah. Cousins. Yeah. He's probably the third most. I mean, this is the, the I think, not hot take is this would be if the uh, CEO and president of a company were like, yeah, we just met last time, first time. Like, it, Kirk Cousins, is. It, we can say whatever. I mean, there are pe- people out there who think that we hate Kirk. That is not true. We have high expectations because he's a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But but um, we could say whatever we want about Kirk. But the reality is he's a starting quarterback. He's very highly paid. And he is one of the most important people in that building. He's more important, to be clear, than any other player. Like, don't come back with, well, Harrison Smith's important. Okay, yeah, he is important. He's a nice player. But yeah, there's no one's no... saying they're not important other players. Exactly, but, yeah. but there's nobody on that roster. And this is true across the league with any quarterback who's as highly paid and and has the status that Kirk has. There is nobody who is more important in your building from a player standpoint than than Kirk is. And so, yeah, it is, it's remarkable. But I, I thought the Pagano stuff was so good because it's not a hot take. It's not a commentator being – I mean – Pagano up until last year was the defensive coordinator for the Packers and he coached McAfee when Pat was his punter with the Colts, but I don't think he's doing media per se right now. And I just think he came on as he a should. favor and right. But I mean, but, but, but my point is he's, I don't think he's trying to make a mark with what he's saying. I think he's just saying, this is what I did. And this is what I learned from, from what Belichick did from mm-hmm. knowing about that. And he basically is giving a non-hot take observation that's incredibly important. Uh, side note for us, Dex, and maybe overnight producer uh, uh, Jason Stormer, we need to grab the football football part of that clip and make a Chuck Pagano loves football because But if you look around the NFL, the most successful teams are pouring way more attention and resources and uh, helping hands into helping their quarterback. Yeah. Um, and I would say even more specifically, helping their passing game. You know, the, the Vikings, we talked about this a little bit on yesterday's Mackie and Judd episode, or maybe it was a couple days ago. I don't know. The days are running together this week. But the Vikings have never fully leaned into Kirk Cousins. And I know we spend a lot of time, and people rip us for that, and maybe we're, and maybe we're too overkill sometimes. But, you know, we, we, we point out Kirk's shortcomings that do exist. And if you want to defend Kirk, and I will right here, in fairness to him, he has an organization where the head coach is actively disengaged from offense to the point where he never watches film or sits down in one-on-one meetings with the quarterback, right? You have a coordinator right now in Clint Kubiak that's one of the least experienced offensive coordinators in terms of age, previous NFL coaching experience. This dude was a, was a Kansas assistant coach five years ago, right? Like, he has been rushed into this position in large part because his dad is Gary Kubiak. I'm not saying he's not a qualified NFL assistant, but like the head coach is disengaged from offense. The offensive coordinator is not a longtime 25, 30-year-old NFL guru. And every time the Vikings reach into their pockets in March for, you know, all right, we got some free agency money. I'm going to scrape together a couple bucks. 
they almost always shove it into defense, especially this year. Wow, we could go and get another defensive lineman, or we could keep Riley Reef. Well, we could go and sign a guard, or we could go get Patrick Peterson, right? They're almost always pushing those resources into defensive things and leaving the offensive line a little shortchanged, leaving the third wide receiver spot a little bit shortchanged. They basically hired Kirk Cousins or signed him three and a half years ago as a mercenary and gave him very little resources and help other than money. Don't get me wrong. He makes a lot of money, and the amount of money he makes does take away from the resources they could provide him. But even within the context of what they could provide him compared to other teams, coaching, attention, left tackle, right, they fall short. And that's not really fair. Like, it's it, it's hard to fully go in on Cousins' shortcomings, and I'm probably guilty of this, without also pointing out, hey, Belichick and Brady used to meet every single week for like an hour and a half. Sean McVay is up late texting Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford late into the night. Right. Support, right? We're, there's Kirk has a case that he has not been given nearly enough support other than money the last three and a half years. And skill position-wise, Kirk does have guys that are really good to fantastic. But, yeah, the the offensive line, I mean, if you watched Kirk's tape in Washington, it became very clear the offensive line had to be good. It, and I understand a lot, of, a lot of teams don't address it sufficiently, and I understand that it's hard to find guys. But the Vikings have never – I mean, they signed this prized possession to them. They, they bought this um, old uh, car that was just in great shape. Yeah. And they didn't buy a garage. And they're like, let's just park the car outside, but it's going to snow and, you know, eventually ruin the car. And the Vikings are like, oh, that's too bad. So, yeah, it's a very weird thing. It's also – so this also go- goes back to a really – if you rewind to when Mike came on board in 2014, a really interesting conversation that, Phil, we had at the time because in 2014, one of the first people Mike hired as an assistant was Norv Turner as his offensive coordinator. And at the time, I applauded that, saying it's really cool that a guy who's never been a head coach is hiring a guy who was a head coach previously, and there'd be a lot of people threatened by that move. What you didn't realize at the time, and what's really come clear, become clear after that, is you didn't think that was going to be Mike outsourcing offense completely. Yeah. Um, and, and he has made attempts to corral it himself down to when I think he ticked off Norv a few years after he hired him by going and spending time with, this is not ideal, Hugh Jackson, like to to try and get a better grip on things. And Hugh Jackson is a joke as far as, as a head coach goes. But as far as we know, the last time that Mike had a relationship with a quarterback that would be considered like what Belichick and Brady had, not to compare this guy to Brady, but was Teddy, right? Like that was the last time that we've talked about, well, Mike meets with him and talks to him and gives him tips. And, clues. and I don't know if that is the quarterback having to do what Kirk did a few weeks ago, which is come to Mike and say, hey, do you have time for me or whatever? But it does seem to be a glaring blind spot in what the relationship should be, especially mm-hmm. especially when you have a defensive head coach who's considered an innovator and very, very smart who could you know, give Kirk some pointers and tips. And heck, they could go back and forth and probably help each other. And instead, it's this like, hey, Kirk, just go and win. Okay, that's not really how it works. But I really thought in 2014, good for good for Mike. This is a great hire in Norv, and he's not threatened by him. I didn't realize that he was just going to sort of push the offense off to the yeah. side and be like, and now you go run this, and 
Phil, what you said right now, which is it is not fair to expect Clint Kubiak to like be the guy. That's not fair. He's yeah. 34. So, you can't so, do that. So why haven't, I mean, let's, let's take this up the food chain. You know, the Wilfs run businesses and Rick Spielman's been in the NFL long enough in front offices. Why doesn't someone above Mike Zimmer at some point over the last four years say, hey, man, like I get that you're going to be super focused on the defense, but it might be a good idea just once a week, once every other week. Just have some one-on-one time with Kirk. Build that relationship. Talk about third downs. Talk about red zone. You know, talk about playing on the road. And just all the little things that Kirk tends to struggle with, maybe you can make him better at some of these things instead of just like, popping over at practice once in a while or stopping into a you know quarterback I'm sure he stops into the quarterback meeting room once in a while I would hope but like creating that one-on-one time how does how does no one above him suggest in three and a half years that maybe you guys should maybe you guys should talk more <laughs> well one I have I have heard and this is not rare for a football coach that Mike is unless Mike wants to do it he is pretty um, he is pretty stubborn about things. Now, what you're saying makes perfect sense, but I'll go back, and this is just a guess, but it is Reckless Speculation Thursday. I will go back to what we discussed, I think it was yesterday or two days back, and it's this. As much as they might be different in some ways, I think Kirk and Mike are very much alike in some ways, and I think they're both incredibly stubborn, bullheaded, and both believe that their way is is best. I, I Perfect. The perfect crystallization of that entire statement is this. The whole vaccination thing, right? Like, instead of Kirk being like, I'm not really comfortable, but here's, you know, Kirk was just like, I'm not doing it. And Mike and Mike brought in a, a sledgehammer and was like, everyone should do it now to win football games. Like, there was never a rational. No. Well, they did no have one, a discussion. at one. They point. did have a discussion, which I've heard was more of a uh, screaming match. But. The But the thing about it is there was never like a rational explanation or like we really talked about this and talked it through and here's why some guys. So I really think this comes down to two incredibly stubborn, proud people who who can't help each other because they're so busy being stubborn and proud. And that is completely reckless speculation. But their personalities speak to that. Reckless. I can tell you, I am stubborn and proud when it comes to the underwear I'm wearing today, and mm-hmm. that would be Chillboys from Chillboys.com. Legitimately, legitimately throughout the rest of my non-Chillboys brand underwear, I am strictly a Chillboys guy now. Do you want my one word for Chillboys? Because oh, that one's easy. It's perfection. It's perfection. They have perfected the boxer short. They have done what nobody else could do for me in my 51 years. Perfection is today's word for chill boys. Dex, what's your word? Comfort. It's comfort. Yeah. You know, I've always been, uh, you know, a lot of people when they get home, they like to take off their jeans, you know, relax, put on some comfy clothes. I get that. I've always been a guy that I like to wear my jeans all day up until it's time to go to bed. I'm just a weirdo like that. I'm just a weird guy like real, that. It's, it's very weird. strange. I'm in the like the 1% of that people who like their jeans that much. I'm just wearing chill boys right yeah, now. Yeah, and I bet you are. And thank God you're from the way You guys want to see? No, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> you know what, though? They're. They're sort of like shorts. Mm. You could well, stand up right and now, and that, I wouldn't be offended. That's my point. Now, when I get home and I take off, now I take off the jeans. Now I'm no longer like that because I just want to relax in my chill boys and hang out at home and being in the comfort. And that's where it is. Well, this comfort. is getting a little uncomfortable now. So I'm going to wrap by saying chillboys.com if you want to change your life. 
Chillboys.com, a Minnesota-based company. Find them online. Let the record show Judd Zolgad did not make the conversation uncomfortable. Declan Shocking. Did. I yeah. did. Yeah, no, I did yeah. today. Yeah. You used the word um, hang out, too, which was really... Oh, well, now Oof. you made it weirder. Now you've made it weirder. Now you made it weirder. I was fine before. You know, the Minnesota Lottery is also offering some uh, fun opportunities here. $5 Viking scratch games that can win you up to $100,000 and $2 scratch games that can win you up to $15,000. Just say, I'm in to Viking scratch games from the Minnesota Lottery. You must be 18 or older to play if Judd shows you the holographic... $100,000 one. one. That's nice. I on the screen that. there. It'd be hilarious if Judd won but doesn't realize it, and now he's sitting there with a bunch of money. Um, one last thing here on the quarterback-coach relationship, and then I, I want to get to a quote from Cousins about something. So I know this is a little apples to oranges because when the Rams went to the Super Bowl a few years ago, Jared Goff was on a rookie contract, and they were allowed more freedom financially to bolster the roster. So I, I, get, I get that. But – if you just look at the way the Rams treated their prized quarterback possession, they drafted him. The Vikings signed Kirk. So, again, a little bit of an apples-to-oranges situation. But the Rams said, all right, we're going to get an offensively obsessed and innovative head coach who constantly communicates with the quarterback. He's just, it's just going to be you – know, they're going to be besties, basically, as, as Sean McVay teaches Jared Goff how to play quarterback. Uh, then we're going to bring in an all-pro veteran left tackle in Andrew Whitworth to short. Like, there's going to be no question about the left tackle spot, the blind side. It's going to be Andrew Whitworth until he wants to retire. Uh, one year, I think it was 17, or maybe it was the year after, but they actually traded for Sammy Watkins as a third wide receiver. They're like, we're going weapons will not be a question. There's not going to be any issue with depth of weapons. You're going to have a star running back and three awesome wide receivers. And we're, and we're just going to devote resources to making Jared Goff's life easier. And Jared Goff's not a star, but they were able to at least get him to be good enough and prop him up with resources and things around him uh, to where they went to a Super Bowl. Now, did it help that he made like $7 million a year to the cap? Of course it did. But how are you, know, how are you watering that position? And it's just frustrating to see uh, that the Vikings haven't really committed to that since Teddy. So Kirk had this to say. This is from the Athletics. Chad Graff. He um, the the question to Kirk was about why the Vikings only took a handful of deep shots on forty nine passes in that game against the Bengals. The Vikings only had. Let me see here, three pass attempts that went twenty yards in the air or more. So basically, forty six either checkdowns or intermediate length passes in that game against the Bengals. Yep. Seems a little timid, if I could use my word from earlier. And uh, Kirk Cousins said, according to The Athletic, that the Bengals tried to take away deep shots from the Vikings given how often the Vikings faced long yardage situations, like second and 12, third and 15. Quote from Cousins, it would have been probably a lot of long foul balls or tight looks if we had tried to go down the field more often to which I say, all right, tight looks, tight looks. Don't scare me. If Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are my top two wide receivers, I think you got to get used to just throwing the ball into tighter windows here. I don't, I don't, there's if you're telling me if every team implements the Bengal strategy of, all right, two safeties high, we're going to lay off a little bit and you guys can have underneath check down stuff. We're going to make you go 12 plays. If you want to get into field goal range, 
You're, you mean to say that you're just going to not throw deep ever, period? Like all season. All right, cool. I guess uh, if we just put two safeties back and play a little bit, little bit of a cushion, yep. then the Vikings are only going to throw three deep passes every single game. Yep. Well, at some point, you have to just say, screw it, I don't care. Justin Jefferson is just going to make the catch or Adam Thielen's going to make the catch. Yep. I, don't, I don't love that answer from him. It just kind of solidifies the notion that Kirk only throws the ball if the wide receiver flashes open as opposed to trusting your awesome wide receivers to make a catch in close coverage. We've seen him throw those balls before. I just think he needs to get over some of the, well, they're just not open. It's going to be a long foul ball. This one's tough because that I don't disagree with you, but here's the thing, too. The protection has to hold up to throw those passes consistently as well. So I would say, I would say more so than the tight looks on Sunday. And, yes, Kirk has to throw in. The frustrating thing is we've seen it. He's thrown into to coverage before, and he throws a really nice football. So it can be caught. But I also think, in fairness to the entire offense and the ability to take shots down the field, your left tackle has to hold up. Your center has to hold up. Um, I actually, on Sunday, would fault Kirk more often for not getting rid of the ball at times, just quickly, even if it was an incompletion. But what's going to be interesting about Sunday's game against the Cardinals is they play a lot of single high, and they are going to load the box to put pressure on and also – um, to try and stop Dalvin Cook. So what you are going to get on Sunday, if you can hold up, and that's the big if, is you're going to get opportunities to go down the field with passes. And, in fact, there should be opportunities to use play action. But this all comes back to one thing. Can the offensive line that you provided hang in there long enough to block a guy like Chandler Jones to give Kirk that opportunity? I personally think the starting point of the problems on Sunday were the fact that they felt as a whole quarterback and coordinator that there was not sufficient time to throw those balls. And I believe if you go back and look, I want to say in the second half, they sped up the process because they're they're like, oh my God, we're going to die here. So if you can get protection, I think you can throw those passes. But yes, overall, from what we've seen in Kirk since he arrived in 2018, we definitely need to see a willingness if this team is going to win a willingness to throw footballs that might be picked off, but you are banking on the fact that you've seen Kirk make those passes. And Kirk, look, the thing with Kirk, too, is he does some things really well. You need to highlight them. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have well, to. So this, and maybe this played into the Vikings speeding things up a little bit at times offensively, but I do think the offensive line and the the pressures that they allowed, I, d- I do tend to think that gets overplayed a little. Like, it's not a great offensive line. But according to Pro Football Focus, Kirk was only pressured on 16 of 52 dropbacks. And I think there must have been three rushes in. Did he run the ball three times? Because he threw the ball 49 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, 52 dropbacks, maybe he... Well, there's a, there's a sack would be a, would count in there. Um, so... All right, that's that's 36 dropbacks where there wasn't a classified pressure. Some of that could have been, here's a short pass, there's not right. time for pressure. Right. If you're dropping back seven steps every time, that rate's going to go up because your offensive line's not good enough. So I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is, just to zoom back out to 30,000 feet here, I don't see how you're going to score a bunch of points and, and be leading in the second half instead of playing catch-up if you're going to be – you know, relegated to an average of five yards passing depth in the air. No, I agree. 
Yeah. Like, are you, so you're going to, you, do you trust this team penalties? Everything we saw in that first week, do you trust a 12 pay, a 12 play drive to hold up five or six times to field goals or touchdowns without <laughs> penalties, sabotaging it or incomplete passes? Like you got to hit some home runs. You Absolutely. don't you just have to. And, and so the one thing that I would say on Sunday, that's a very fair observation to go into the game with is this one. The penalties are going to come down like that was I I think they took something like 10 penalties on offense in the first half on Sunday. They are going to like there is no way that CJ Ham is going to false start twice against the Cardinals. I don't think knock on wood for the Vikings sake. So with the penalties down and now and now your down and distance is doable. How much does that change things? Mm -hmm. That's my question. So that the penalties is the one thing and it's their fault. So don't get me wrong here. But the penalties is the one thing that threw that entire first half completely out of whack. And so, I mean, you're third and 18. You don't have a play for third and 18. Well, actually, the Vikings do. It's called run. But, you <laughs> but like, that's not on your sheet, right? It's just handoff. That's not uh... on. But So, on Sunday, I'm curious to see, with the penalties probably down significantly, do they find themselves in down and distance situations now to do what you're talking about, Phil, which is actually take shots. And I'm completely with you. I believe Justin Jefferson had five catches for 71 yards against the Bengals. Like Justin Jefferson's yardage, his catches of five is fine, but the yardage needs to be more. Yeah. You know, the Vikings might not have a play on 30 and 18, but I do. And Judd does Dex does. It's called crack a surly furious. That's what third oh. and eighteen. All right. Oh, Crack how about another se- one. How about first and ten? How about second and three? <laughs> third and seven. Third and eighteen. Second and fourth six. Fourth down. The, punt, the punter comes on. Guess what I do? I crack a surly. Yeah, exactly right. There is no down and distance. That's the great thing, right here, guys. This is this is in my hand right now. Is my surly call sheet okay? And what I see is every down and distance and score and quarter imaginable just surely. listed on this sheet. To call for Minnesota's favorite IPA, don't settle. Get surly, and when you get the sh- when you get the surly, and in particular the furious call sheet, I'm going to tell you right now, you become the greatest show on turf. There it is, those old St. Louis Rams, 1999-2000. All right, boys, it's time once again. For the random Viking of the week, where I pit Declan and Judd against each other. To this point, Judd leads Declan six to one. I feel like it should be five to, to one. I, I feel like I should give that well, Declan back disappeared for forty minutes because he was I know, babysitting. But he, had a, but he was babysitting for his sister. He left his camera on, and I mean, we could talk about the fact that they were. Yeah, I don't know. I, left I'm, his I'm I'm just saying, I Actually, think that... No, I muted the mic because you would have heard a screaming child for 40 minutes. I, I, I was uh, proactive on that, at least. Who, who screamed more? He did. The kid or, or Uncle Declan? <laughs> he did. Go to bed! He did. Why did you guys go here. to bed? He did. Why are okay. you crying? <laughs> I got a show to do here. All right, so the way this works, random Viking of the week, I give a series of clues. You each get three incorrect guesses. You can guess whenever you want. The first person to guess correctly wins the game. You can also ask me like questions and then I can refuse to answer if I want to. Okay. I love you. I love how you bring that up every week. The refuse to answer part. Yeah. I can be a complete Richard and refuse to answer your question. Well, it's my decision. All right. <laughs> this random Viking of the week 
played for two teams in his NFL career. This random Viking of the week is currently an assistant coach in college. Ooh. Is Judd, is Judd going to take a guess? Col- no, well, you know what? I was I was until you said college. I was thinking that we might have, and I, I don't know the amount of teams he played for, I was thinking that Greg Lewis of the Chiefs coaching staff might be the guy, but clearly this is college. So, no. Declan? No, I have no idea yet. Okay. Your idea. Okay. This random Viking of the Week was born on July 1st, 1986. Okay. Young. Okay. I would say this random Viking of the Week, I would say that there weren't super high expectations for this player in the NFL, but he exceeded his expectations. I think I need a I think I need at least a side of the ball before I can even hazard mm-hmm. a guess now. Okay. We'll see if I'll give you maybe I'll, maybe I'll give you that exceeded side of the ball. Expectations. I literally wrote that as a note. Exceeded expectations. Yeah, are you are you Googling things? Or no, I, I, I write down all your clues. Do you? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I that's smart. Yeah. I write down a couple of them. <laughs> Depends if I like them or not. Yeah. All right. So remember what I just said. It's interesting because this random Viking of the Week was also, at one point, a first-team All-ACC player in college. So bad with college football. Um, this no. random Viking of the Week was even a semifinalist for a huge award in college. Is the huge award the Heisman? Will you answer that? I will answer that, and the answer is no. It was not the Heisman. So it still could be the defensive side of the ball easily. Okay. This random Viking of the Week, his college career got off to a slow start because he was redshirted, and then in his redshirt freshman year tore his ACL. Kind of derailed the start of his college career a little bit. 1986 he was born, so he's not that old. Oh, boy. Tours ACL. This, this random Viking of the Week yep. was listed at six foot three. This random Viking of the Week. Let's see which clue I want to give you here. I feel like you guys are very stumped right now. This random Viking of the Week in his career in the NFL had two interceptions and six forced fumbles. And he played for two teams. This random Viking of the Week, the second team he played for was an AFC East team, and he once filed a lawsuit against them. Not the Vikings, the AFC East. The AFC East team? So hold on. So we got... This random Viking of the week. Remember this, yeah. Was undrafted. (laughs) And I will say, 
this random Viking of the week, the the job he has right now. I told you he was an assistant coach in college. In college, yes. It's at the vaunted Avila University in Kansas City, Missouri. That actually makes it wor- worse. Now it's worse. <laughs> Avila, Avila, Avila University. That sounds made up. He so took he that fi- job in 2019, according and he, to the internet. And, and he filed a lawsuit against one of the this, AFC's. This random Viking of the week, I'll even give you the guy who won the award that he was a semifinalist for in college was James Laurinaitis. Also, oh, it's a linebacker born in 1986. So I covered this guy. It's a linebacker. Judd covered this random Viking yeah, of the I week. Just, I just gave your own clue for you. Uh, lineback, linebacker, 1980. Oh, I, think, I, think, I, I got I, it. Oh, 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 here it comes. He filed a suit against the Jets, I believe. Aaron Henderson. Aaron Henderson. That is correct. <laughs> this was the one, Dex. This was the one. Declan guessed Aaron Henderson Declan, three different okay. times before. <laughs> <laughs> you killed him. I almost said Declan's, EJ, and then I knew he was he was drafted. So then I was like, "Well, it's not EJ. Could it be Aaron?" I, oh, in man. my head, I was thinking, "Like, could it be Aaron?" And then Jed goes, "Aaron Anderson," and I was like, "Oh, damn it!" I, okay, he so yeah, he filed a lawsuit against the Jets for failing to accommodate his bipolar disorder. Yes. The other clues I was going to give you. Avila University. <laughs> what do you mean? It's, a, not, it's a now Declan's school. doubled over. He's so upset. <laughs> People watching. I was, was going to give you the bloodlines clue at some point. I didn't. I was trying to, trying to figure out how aggressive I wanted to go. But, uh, yeah, Judd pulls the victory there in random Viking of the week. Seven consecutive. After Declan immediately got Tavares Jackson, Judd Zolgat is on a seven-game win streak here. Mm. Interesting. Finger guns are hot. Yeah. How do we feel there, Dex? Not good. Not great. Not doing well. Mm. That's gonna I almost feel like... I almost feel like I should give Declan a couple sep like a two clue head start or something, and then we put and then we allow Judd to like put the headphones on. That sounds that sounds so condescending. <laughs> well, he I means seven in a row, man. I don't want to say anything because I just no. Uh, it's, be cocky. What, be whatever you guys need to do. Eating at me whatever you guys. Long time. Aaron Henderson. <laughs> oh man! Hey, thanks to our friends at Federated. Hey, Federated Insurance will protect your business. Better than the Vikings line has been protecting quarterbacks <laughs> last year. Don't, don't sell them that short. Hopefully much better, actually. Federated is like the hogs in Washington back in the day. <laughs> they yep. They're all about risk management. They're all about uh, protecting your employees and your bottom line and just making sure you've got the tools, resources, and people necessary to fend off risks on the horizon. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right. That's a wrap today, boys. Declan's going to have to go lick his wounds. There's another one coming next Thursday. There's always another random Viking of the week. Yeah, all right? You know what it is? Train it's, like never stops. Game. it's like the Cardinals game. Week yep. two. Just Train prepare for week stops. Or whatever it is. Yep. So yeah. thanks for hanging out with us. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we all die. We'll see you guys in Purple Daily. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home. Or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. 
the Home Depot. How doers get more done.